so I found a surprise thing this week for our intro. What's the surprise? It's a little instrument. Oh I my found god, it's no. out of my bag. No. No. Sign on a window says lonely. Sign on a door says no company allowed. Sign on a street says you don't own me. Sign on a port says three's a crown. Sign on a port says the three's a crowd. And because three's a crowd, I'm here today with Kelly, as usual. How's it going, Kelly? It's going. We are here to talk about Bob Dylan. If this is your first time joining us, we are a Bob Dylan podcast. We take one song a week. We kind of live with it. Uh, a song, or in this case, an album. Uh, we live with it for an entire week, and at the end of it all, we sort of decompress and talk about how it impacted things we were doing, things that we were listening to, watching, looking at, all kinds of stuff. So uh, we're going to be exploring those things today. So today was a milestone in our podcast. We are on episode five, so we've been doing this for five weeks now. It's crazy. Yay. And we got our first album last week. Uh, not only have we done classics like Tangled Up in Blue and Cold Irons Bound, but now we have our first record. Now, I can't say the first record is a classic, 1974's Planet Waves by Bob Dylan. On a night like this, I'm so glad you came around. Hold on to me so tight and heat up some coffee ground. We got much to talk about and much to reminisce. It sure is right on a night like this. This album came out in 1974. We were not alive. We were not around at all. No. Um, so I think it's instructive for us, and maybe we'll do this with every record, is to just look at the landscape. So actually on the first of this year in 1974, Joni Mitchell released Court and Spark. I think Court and Spark. Have you heard Court and Spark? No, I'm a terrible person. I'm a bad lesbian and a bad music listener. I don't know why you'd be a bad lesbian for Joni Mitchell. I feel like she's a thing. I feel like that's classic she's older a- gay lady thing. I'm telling you. Looking for a woman to court and This album came out on the 17th of January. So it's an early record. Um, Planet Waves, what we listen to today. Oh. Uh, and then also on that day was another album that um, we'll probably put some songs in. Uh, all of these songs will be in our Spotify playlist too. We'll put a song from each one of them. Uh, but Graham Parsons released Grievous Angel. No. A couple debut records that came out. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of these bands. Kiss, <laughs> Rush, and Kansas. Rush, Rushing into Kissing Kansas. In, rush into Kissing Kansas. Yeah. Great, wow, they, great first record. All debut albums. All debut albums. Wow, I yep. think Kiss was around longer for some reason. Mm, no, I know, right? Wow. No, 74 was the first record. Uh, Steely Dan, Pretzel Logic came out mm. in February. Um, Queen, Queen 2 came out in, in March. And they actually released another album later in November, uh, sheer heart attack so they were rolling uh two former beatles we got john lennon walls and bridges and george harrison dark horse i don't know if i've ever listened to those records i'm sure i've heard some songs uh one of my favorite albums of all time bonnie Raitt's streetlights 
No. Uh, Fleetwood Mac, an album I've never listened to. Heroes are hard to find. That, I think that's her ninth album. I was going to say that's later. That's later, yeah. yeah. Leonard Cohen, New Skin for an old uh, ceremony. R.I.P. Uh, Eric Clapton, I guess this was his first record after getting off heroin. Uh, 461 Ocean Boulevard. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard that. Uh, incredible record that came out in July. Neil Young's On the Beach. Excellent album. Yeah. All right, you're going to have to listen to that. The New York <laughs> Dolls came out too much too soon. Is that a punk rock band? It's uh, the beginnings of punk rock, so we're, we're getting there. Um, like, uh, what's it called? Um, MC5, kind of? Uh, MC5 is in Detroit. Okay, so... Totally and these are in New York. Right. No, it's around the same time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's kind of like it, we're venturing into yeah. punk. Yeah, we're getting there. Uh, Bowie came out with Diamond Dogs. And um, and the grand, the album of the year for next year, uh, Stevie Wonder, yeah. Fulfilling This First Finale. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I've heard it in some way, but I love that alliteration. Yeah, fulfillingness first finale. Nice. Yeah, one album of the year in 1975. So uh, the one, the two albums we need to be concerned of uh, is uh, January's Planet Waves, and then on June 20th, Bob Dylan and the band released Before the Flood. So within five months, you already have a lot. Li- this would never happen today. A live album coming out to almost essentially drown out a brand new record by an artist. Um, so 1974, how are you feeling about 74? People were so, like, prolific. I I feel like artists do release things pretty consistently now, but the way that we listen to music and the way music is produced now is you'll get a single, you know, released on Spotify or, like, on iTunes or something, but they were just dropping album after album, like two in two, a year. What are you doing? Well, Bob did three within a, you know, 18-month period. Yeah. It's just so intense, and... It, you would imagine that, like, so Frank Zappa has got to be one of the most prolific yeah. songwriters of all time. A lot of it is garbage. A lot of it is garbage. So I would imagine that the song quality would suffer. And I'm, I'm fascinated to see what happens with Bob Dylan. Is like, yeah. is that a problem? Was he just producing for the sake of producing at some point? And you can tell. I would imagine that he's going to suffer some of that. Some people could say that Bob's very much just doing that on this album if you're oh, being yeah. ungenerous to it but i think we're going to take kind of a generous take because like uh, how did you feel i personally had a great time listening to this record this is an yeah. album i do not come back to a lot um beyond dirge and um you know a couple of others that are kind of bummers you know you listen to them for very specific reactions which but is I, funny because i would say that's the minority of the album i would say there's <laughs> like two bummer songs and the well whatever the majority of it is upbeat i yeah. think I, I think so too. I think it's so. It's funny that you would go to this album for the two that are like. Mm, well, I would have them on a playlist, see, and, and everything's so different now. It's like I can just throw those on a on a Bob Dylan overall playlist, and I wouldn't have Forever Young on there. I wouldn't have Wedding Song. I wouldn't have the the things that I don't need, you know. But on this album, if we take it as a whole, which is what we're going to be doing here, I loved it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I think it starts great. I think it starts really upbeat. It, yeah, it does. It and does. It's just like a little. I can imagine kind of being in the center and just kind of hanging out. Okay, Are you working on your car. <laughs> maybe in a in a little uh boogie boogie woogie we're just gonna hang out at a, is that what they did in the 70s were there boogie places woogies. called boogie woogies boogie woogies is a style of music it was like uh ragtime boogie woogie oh yeah yeah We're going to be looking at this record uh, as a whole. We're going to be playing some songs from it. We're going to be talking about our favorites and maybe the ones maybe that sort of didn't hit so well for us. 
Um, so I'm just going to run through like the nuts and bolts of, of this record. Um, it's pretty fascinating. Um, right here with Kelly, I have this timeline built for her because this is the, this is the first record by Bob Dylan you've ever listened to, which is kind of fascinating, uh, because it's going to get a lot better and it's going to get a lot worse. And I think, uh, this is definitely one of those middle records. Um, and this is, uh, right before we started recording this, we sat down and listened to a couple songs by the band. You were aware of their existence Mm -hmm. And uh, you knew a couple songs, I like, like the Wait, song. Up on Cripple Creek. Yeah. We listened to Ophelia through. So the band, the funkiness, and the we talked a little bit about uh, Big Pink and all of them and the basement tapes and sort of that's kind of the vibe that's going on here. That was the name of the recording studio, Big Pink. Big Pink right? is the name of that. Well, the house was a the big, house pink there. house. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So they just hold up there and just wrote a bunch of songs. And so hopefully once we get to there, it's we're, um, we're going to have a whole different type of podcast <laughs> when you said that i was like are we going to become a different podcast are we going to start covering something else so bob dylan was on columbia records pretty much from 1962 when he was signed as a, as a little pup all the way up until now 1973 so he was off columbia records uh david geffen geffen records he offered bob dylan a fuck ton of money basically not only to uh, record another record but to tour and he wanted to get the band involved and so getting the band involved and doing a record and doing uh, what became before um, before the flood which is an, an album that we'll talk about somewhere in the future while preachers preach of evil fates teachers teach that knowledge waits can lead you to hundred dollar plates goodness hides behind its gates but even the president of the united states sometimes will have to stand naked There was a couple stinkers I didn't like. The You Angel You really was a slog. Oh, okay. I did not like that song at all. Um, but my favorite... Why? Just like too syrupy? Too... Yeah, I mean, the sickly sweetness of it, but also it just wasn't very interesting. Um, I think that's that's might be the only one with a chorus. I realized today that Bob Dylan <laughs> hates a chorus. So um, far, yeah, he hasn't really rolled on it. Not one that we've listened to. And on this album, that holds true as well. There's only one song with a chorus, and I do believe it's that one. Um but yeah, my favorites, I think I think Dirge is the best song, meaning that lyrically I think it's got the most depth. Uh, I think it's interesting because the other songs have a lot of awesome guitar work, a lot of great piano, harmonica for days. Seven out yeah. of ten songs have harmonica. <laughs> Seven out of ten harmonica. Wood, wood <laughs> harmonica again. Yeah. Um, but the Dirge is interesting because it is more simple. It's just basically the piano and a guitar. Yeah. Um, and it's really heavy. Like it, it hits the way it's supposed to, I think. Um but my favorite song is probably that one that's really grammatically weird. Um, oh, something there. W- something there some, is. Yeah, something there is about you, right? You. Yeah. Something there is about you. I think yeah. that one's my favorite. I also like um, Tough Mama or Hot Mama, whatever it's tough, called. Tough Mama. Tough yeah. Mama, and then uh, Forever Young, the fast version. I like. Okay. A lot. Um, Did you not like the slow version? Or? No, it was a. I found out that it was like a supposed to be a lullaby for his kids, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, which is sweet. It, it is. is sweet. I mean, it's a sweet song. May God bless and keep you always. May your wishes all come true. May you always do for others and let others do for you. May you build a ladder to the stars and climb on every rung and 
this is an album that's like bent on the past and also the present and we listened to tangled up in blue we talked about blood on the tracks on episode three uh which if you haven't checked out please do um and this is the album right before that and i think a lot of people when they talk about this album or think about it it's almost like a stepping stone to get to blood on the tracks where all of these ideas were kind of brought to fruition whereas here they're kind of a little cheesy um, and or I, ideas like hints of of a bigger picture, but not really fleshed out, kind of thing. Yeah, but still, but there's still a generous reading of this album that goes beyond just like it's boring or it's this or or that. So Robert Shelton, who wrote a book called No Direction Home, he says that Dylan's recurring theme that pain has to be endured along the way to pleasure, and that pleasure is above all transitory. Even looking back on the past, it's like I think we've all sort of you and I have been there. It's like you imagine this this thing and these people that used to populate your life and now they're not there and then you find yourself sort of out of your current life you know you've sort of divorced yourself from like the next iteration of you mm-hmm. and now you're looking back not only at the last iteration but maybe the 14th iteration back there and you think that that one back there is the one that's the more pure one even though they're all tainted and they're all not real so even someone like Hazel, if if we're if we're to say she's a mistress or to say that she's like his first love in Duluth or whatever, whatever reading you want from that, I think it still professes the same thing, which is like those feelings were just as transitory and fake maybe as your feelings for Sarah, your wife, who you write wedding song about. Hazel, you called and I came. And I don't. There's a, a line in the wedding song, I think, or maybe it's another one, where he's talking about monogamy. Ed, I guess it's not that one because it's not my notes. But he's talking about monogamy, and he's like, uh, monogamy doesn't work. I'd rather die. I was like, dear God, dude. He doesn't say that in so many <laughs> words, but I was like, calm the fuck down. Well, I don't think that he would be alone in oh, thinking oh, that. Oh, it was in Something There Is About You. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah he says, uh, I could say that I'd be faithful if there's something else, but to me... It surely would be death. <laughs> like, to you, it would be a lie or something to the fact right. of that. But to me, it would be death. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, Bob. He <laughs> is, uh... I only have to fuck one woman. I will kill myself. I don't even know if it's just fucking one woman. It's also just leading one life. Yeah. Leading one person. type of person. I really like that line about pleasure being transitory or, or transitory. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's a moving target, and I think that's very true. Yeah. And I think that's almost why Bob Dylan's foray into religion almost makes sense in a way it's like this idea of redemption at the end of it all this transitoriness of of life on earth that's going to lead to something even if it's some a lot of fire and brimstone at times he writes that on a night like this opens in bright and neighborly spirit with commonplaces and cliches of a standard love song. Yeah. It's cold outside, and I'm all the warmer because I'm inside with you. The mood and content flow directly from the idealized life that Dylan painted in Sign on the Window. Only now we're behind the cabin door. Mm. Mm, 
what's up. So, sign on the window is supposed to be him looking from the outside. Well, sign on the window, yeah, it's an idealized life of trout streams with your son and heading off to Utah and living in the mountains and this beautiful life away from the 60s insanity. living in this house like we'll see what's up my wife lives here too but <laughs> you can say i mean you can uh, we do that all the time it's like my wife is here but in my head i'm i'm imagining what it would be like to be with hazel what i'm wondering what it's like to be with tough mama or doing something else just or doing something else with your life yeah okay. i just want to be a carpenter or a carpenter's wife or carpenter's wife <laughs> I love, I yeah, we talk a lot about Dirge, but I love Dirge because the thing that always struck me, even on just on a basic level, is Robbie Robertson's guitar is outstanding. And Dylan, that piano is just, it's so simple, but fucking forceful. And yeah. he just pounds it like so, it's like it's his lifeline. It's crazy. I you, love it. Um, you had mentioned to me earlier in the week that the piano sounded like it was struggling to keep up with the guitar and yeah. i think that you're right what's interesting that the second the song hit the way the piano chords were going i thought it was about to be a tango song for me in my head it instantly went because it was like dun dun dun, dun. i was expecting the next part to go which would almost like make sense in a way you'd be like yeah okay tango song but then the guitar does like that dude's very talented. He just like takes it over, and the piano's like, wait, 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 wait. Well, they never really catch up. They never really are a hundred percent in sync. And I think that almost speaks a lot to. I think the the folly of the entire idea of like getting the band back together. Hate myself for loving you, and the weakness that it showed. You were just a painted face. On a trip down Suicide Road The stage was set, the lights went out All around the old hotel I hate myself for loving you And I'm glad the curtain fell So Ian Bell, who wrote Time Out of Mind, uh, The Lives of Bob Dylan, which I read recently and it's it's pretty great it's part two of it i guess kind of the end of the series uh, up to this point uh he i think he finishes in about 2012 but he's not very he's not very keen on planet waves and i think this kind of goes back to the idea of like getting the band you think it's going to be a great idea and i think it ends up being a great idea on, on before the flood because they're playing the songs from the past but i don't think it I, I can i can understand why you would think that this wasn't the greatest record you've ever heard. Um, so he he's pretty unsparing. He says, quote, 
Somehow there was a stiffness in the musical joints, an unpersuasive, metronomic rigor to the band's best efforts, and a vagueness to Dylan's memory where, the, where an ineffable vocal line was concerned. If Tough Mama or On a Night Like This were what remained of 66 and of that Woodstock basement, the performers who reassembled in the early 1970s had forgotten the meaning, verb, and adjective of, quote, rock. Two acute and forbidding pieces, Going, Going, Gone, and Dirge, were lost in the shuffle on Planet Waves. Intense. That's pretty scathing. Yeah, not 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 very excited. He was more excited about the handwritten sleeve notes okay. uh, that Bob Dylan had instead of the record itself. I mean, for him, that seemed like more of a logical movement forward but it's kind of a weird argument to make because you're going to you're going to come up against blood on the tracks and there's no way to get around that boulder i think that boulder is as large as blonde on blonde and highway 61 it just sits there and if you're going to make an argument that like him going back to kind of the weird scratchy lyrics and the craziness of the 60s and you want to pretend like blood on the tracks could still happen that is an argument that i don't think a lot of people are going to follow you up on so you kind of I, I do see this as a stepping stone to getting to Blood on the Tracks, to getting to Tangled Up in Blue. Um, two notes real quick. One, I believe you said lost. And two, this beer that we're drinking and cheersing to tastes like tuna, and I'm sad. New Belgium's Voodoo Ranger. Voodoo Ranger. It's, it's got like, a really great logo. We'll, we'll does, tweet that out. But they took in their Ranger IPA, which I actually dig a lot. And oh, yeah, that's it. right. The Ranger IPA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't really know why they made it worse, but they did. Well, maybe they like killed someone and put the skeletal remains in there. I mean, maybe this oh, bomber guy is probably dead body inside the vat that the beer's uh, fermenting in, and this is what we get. Completely, to completely makes sense. I no think that's be. logical, actually. Anyway, so that's. Uh, I guess you just when you have a like a huge love for an artist, and you know what people are are capable of as musicians, and then you get something that you view as a disappointing effort. I can see why you would have some feelings about it. I agree. I agree. Any any says exactly that he says the competition that dylan had provided for himself the unrelenting uh the unrelenting competition with which he would have to contend for decades to come rendered this album a quote middling affair so i think that's fair i think that (laughs) for anybody else this would be a pretty good record it would be funky it would be cool there would be a lot of weird mystery around hibbing and like where are we in time oh that's shaking the wonder It would be weird to be, you know, a Bob Dylan fan back in the 1970s where you're getting sort of country rock albums and then you're getting stuff that Columbia just kind of shit out with a bunch of like outtakes and stuff that really should have never been on a record. Mm. And then you've got, you know, this was his first record back after, uh, you know, a long hiatus, a couple of years. So and you're back with the band. I mean, there isn't a better marketing ploy than all of that. It's like the fucking band. It's the fucking band. <laughs> 
It's crazy. It's absolutely mind blowing. I'm sure that would mean a lot to a lot of people. To me, I'm like, yay! <laughs> the guy plays a guitar really good. <laughs> That's fun. Uh, I did have a little note about one of the songs. Oh yeah, going, going, gone. There's a line where he says. Can I blow a little smoke on you? And I was like, what the fuck? That's from, that's sexy. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Have you ever had somebody get cigarette smoke uh, all over you? It's I, not sexy. You smell for days. But if it's the right person doing it, you're good. So you would gladly have somebody just uh-huh. blow cigarette yeah. smoke all over you because... Uh-huh. All right. Well, that's the kind of sadomasochistic uh, so mentality funny. that's like, you know what? We should put entire albums on this list of things we're going to review. Oh, also, by the way, Bob Dylan's releasing a three-day set that we have to do in two weeks. We do. Bye. <laughs> Can I put a little smoke on you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Hotter than a crotch. That's right. Hotter than a crotch. Tough mama. Thank you. Hotter than a crotch. There's a couple songs on the album that made me think of slow dancing at gay bars. It just had that like feel of it where you're like... I don't know, like, like sad, small-town gay bars that I've been to where you would see people in their 40s or 50s just kind of slow dancing. Twilight on a frozen lake A north wind about to break All footprints in the snow Silence down below Sheldon's I think on point here where he says that this, this album is incredibly unified. Like like the lyrics, the music, it it all works on a level. And he says these songs speak to one another, certain motifs like dreams, seas, waves, mountains, Mm -hmm. hills, ledges, edges, and lonely high places reappear. Yeah. Uh, I tend to agree. I think that it kind of works where you kind of go back and forth and you're like, Oh, I'm in hipping now. And now I'm in, in New York and the, fiberglass city and around mm. modern life and i can't wait to get to you angel you i can't wait to just like lose myself in a person and be completely out of this world and then sort of roll on down to the edge of the looking over the great lakes and then move on to the wedding song where you talk and the wedding song so i mean that's that's another that's a big one i mean that's that's the song that we got to talk about because i mean it sort of leads its way into blood on the tracks i mean you know from tangled up in blue that he was divorced and this is probably part of the cause of all of it. And so it almost makes the wedding song ironic in a way where it's like, did he write it because he knew? I love you more than ever, more than time and more than love. I love you more than money and more than the stars above. I love you more than madness, more than dreams upon the sea. I love you more than life itself You mean that much to me The Wedding Song is one that I just don't go back to. It's one of those weird, strange... He has a lot of those. He's got Sarah, he's got Sad-Eyed Lady of the Lowlands. Like, you've got this whole revoir of, of, of Dylan's songs that sort of deal with this subject. And I think both of them do it a lot better than Wedding Song. And I find the Wedding Song like bitingly ironic in a way that almost makes me sad. Because it's so cheesy and it's so yeah. corny, but it's so supposed to be written like that. And it's not bad for what it is. Yeah. Um, do you know when he wrote it? Because I feel like Bob Dylan has a penchant for writing songs, even just mentally, and then releasing them years after the fact. Well, here's the thing. So honestly, what I think happened is that they met up in September of 1973 and they just made it. Oh, the band? And the band showed up in, in Malibu with Dylan, and they just recorded it. Just yeah, Robbie Robertson said he had nothing written. We just, Did this it. is the best we could do. 
Like this is what happened. Mm. And yeah, he was offered uh, he was offered an unprecedented apparently eighty cents an album. So every record that sold, and it sold a lot. It was his first number one record. Mm. Um, it's a strange record because I think it holds up musically. It sounds, I think it sounds great. I think that this is like my one of my favorite periods of Bob Dylan's voice. Um, I really liked a couple of elements. I like the the honky tonk guitar. Yeah. I really like, or, or sorry, honky tonk piano and the Spanish guitar, like where it's got a lot of tremolo in it. That like that happens a lot yeah. in uh, the album. I like those elements a lot because it, though I have little reference, it did not sound like any of the songs we've listened to. Yeah. Um, Robbie Robertson, you say, is this well, fellow? Well, and all of them. I mean, they're all incredibly pro- prolific and incredible musicians. Is Bob um, exclusively doing the harmonica? I need to know. Bob is doing the harmonica. Ooh, as ooh, far as I know. That uh, The wedding song, there's um, a clicking of plastic keys that oh. you only hear when the harmonica is happening. And I wonder, is it like a super fancy harmonica that he can change ooh, the pitch on? Hey. But I, there's definitely plastic keys clicking. So, no, no, this wasn't a, no, that was not a cue for you to do what you're doing. Okay. Tick, tick, tick. <laughs> Sounds identical. Oh, no. Okay. I'm going to put that away. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I was really excited in uh, Dirge that he said I should get over that. Like, and I mm. should get over that. I was like, growth, Bob Dylan has growth. He's not just blaming everyone for his problems. Right? The five songs we've listened to. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that was really like, well, even in the scope of the song, it's like, I hate myself for loving you. Yeah. I did like, just, I can't get out of this. I, I'm so mad that I can't stop feeling this way. This is all your fault. And he's like, I guess I should just get over it. I hate myself for loving you, but I should get over You're saying that he's telling himself that he should get over it. Yeah. I take it to mean that I'll, I'll eventually, time will, I will get over this in time. I should get over this. I don't know if I will. I don't know uh, if I'm ever going to. But it's not that I, I sh- he's not making a judgment call on if he should or shouldn't. He recognizes he's just that, saying that that's I, probably something I should do. I don't know that I will. No, not even that. No, it's just, he's basically just saying like, like in a, in a way, it's like, Imagine an ex-girl, like, we're breaking up right now. I'm very sad. But I know, like, if I've ever had a relationship like that before, I know that I should get over this. I know that, not a should. Should is a hard word because you want to, like, put a judgment on it. But it's just like, you're just going to get over it. I, I, I should get over this soon. I should get over this in three months and I'll be good. That's the way I always took it was like, well, everything's falling apart. I should get over this and I should be over it soon. I'll be I'll be moving on. I'll be moving but on to the next you thing. You take it as if he's not going to. He has no plans to. Ah, see to. again. I don't know if he will or not. It's <laughs> just, it's it's really just. I should be. I I know I've oh, been through this before. I should so I already should be over be, this. I should be over it soon. But I should but get over. Because I that. love you so much, I'm not. I still can't shake it, kind of thing. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Right. It, or really, in this case right here, I hate myself for loving you, but I should get over that. So it's like that hatred, that self hatred for himself. Okay. He should get over that at some point. Okay. He knows because he's done it with other people that he should get over it. Gotcha. That it's an inevitability that it will fall away. But it's it's still kind of an open-ended question. The parentheses in the question mark type thing. You know, like, will I? I don't know. Has he ever? I think Blood on the Track shows no. <laughs> the non-linearness of talent. He's never played this album, this uh, song live. 
So. Oh, interesting. I think a lot of Planet Waves. I would say Forever Young is probably. He never. He's never played Dirge live. No, no, never played Dirge live. Wow. It's a hard one. I mean, it's a Robbie Robertson only song. Huh. His shows with the band in touring the UK are legendary. Quote from Clinton Halen's excellent Behind the Shades. The statistics for the 1974 tour remain remarkable. An unprecedented top dollar ticket price of $9.50 led to 5.5 million pieces of mail, applying for up to four tickets each. Some $92 million in check and money orders sent by close to 4% of the American population. Wow. That's crazy. I remember when, I remember, I remember when I lost my mind. There was something so pleasant about that place. Even your emotions have an echo and so much space. And when you're out there without care, yeah, I was out of touch. But it wasn't because I didn't know enough. I just knew too. percent of a, the American public is kind of a crazy to feat a that I that, that that's really a Beyonce level type oh, thing sure. in, in our parlance because the bands I listen to <laughs> couldn't get zero point zero 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 four percent you know um, especially sending their money in for four tickets on the off chance of getting it I mean that's crazy Do you know to send that five Swift million pieces of sorry sorry go ahead I didn't mean that. No, that's fine. Yeah, Taylor Swift. I, yeah, I put her up there. Beyonce, too. She, she sold more records than Beyonce. That's right. That's why I was like, oh, we we're wow. talking about Beyonce. You know, I was looking, because I was looking at Bob Dylan Wikipedia stuff the other day because I was curious about um, records sold or something. I don't know how I even got into it. But he's up there. Um, but yeah, Taylor Swift is like 50 million records ahead of Beyonce. And I found that weird. They're young as hell. Yeah. We're young as hell. <laughs> are we? Really, we are. And some, we're, we're. Forever young. Oh, what a what a segue! What a segue! Five million pieces of mail is a lot. I'm sorry, I, over, I just got over like consumed with Beyonce because no, you're fine. So so forever young, probably the most famous song from this entire record. We would be remiss not to talk about it. So Kelly, forever young, you enjoyed the fast version. I kind of actually, I think I might prefer the slow version, but I don't prefer it at all. It's not a song <laughs> I rather, would ever. I'd rather not. It's not a song that I would put in my top hundred. It's just not a. It's not my my jam. I don't come to Bob Dylan for this. It, I don't know. It's a very comforting song for for I think a very sort of like. It's it, the feelings that are expressed in it are incredibly deep. And maybe if I become a father, it would make some sort of sense to me. The only review I've heard of it was somebody being like that. Like, yeah, I, I I didn't really get this song until I was a parent kind yeah. of thing, and like, well, maybe that's why it doesn't make any sense. It's boring. It's a song I skip over to get to dirge. I'm sorry, it's just I the way it is. I to get to the fast one. 
I'd skip them both. So the fast one, I something love. something there is about, about you, yeah. straight to dirge. That's really what's up. And then after dirge, go to blood on the tracks. Just cut it. Where you're done. <laughs> Record over. <laughs> you kind of fell into Forever Young. So you, if you ask me, what do I? What is the association I make with Forever Young? I will tell you, Kermit the Frog. And here oh, is geez. the spaghetti brain way I got to that. So there. <laughs> There's a song uh, by Canned Heat named Going Up the Country. And it's not like super similar to the song, but the second I hear the fast version of Forever Young, I hear Canned Heat's Going Up the Country. And for some reason, when I hear Going Up the Country, I think of Kermit the Frog on a river paddling a little raft. In the Muppet movie, he's singing uh, something about rainbows. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? Which is a super sad song. Also and not a legit critique about rainbows and songs. What? Like you have a problem with that? Have you heard that song? There's a lot of rainbows in songs. Well, uh, I'm about to hear oh, it. Oh, well, that song is a critique about why are there so many songs about rainbows? No? No? Ringing no bells? So that was... The song. No, the song is Going Up the Country by... No, we just listened to the song. The song was just played. Oh, okay, gotcha. We were playing the song. Good God. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so for some reason... We're going to start with Good God. I'm sorry. Say that again. Good God. Say it like you did before. Good God. No, no. Good God. Good God. (laughs) Shit. All right. Do it with all the laughter. Good God. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? And what's on the other side? Rainbows are visions, but only illusions. And rainbows have nothing to hide. So we've been told, and some choose to believe it. I know they're wrong, wait and see. Someday we'll find it, the rainbow connection, the lovers, the dreamers, and me. What I was saying was about Kermit the Frog, he sings a sad song about rainbows, or why there are so many songs about rainbows, and not about tootling down the river going up the country, but for some reason, that's a visual I get when I hear going up the country. And now, when I hear Forever Young, the fast version, I have visions of Kermit the Frog because they're the same song in my head. And I like them both. And they make me happy. Ta-da! <laughs> this is why you did a podcast with somebody that knows nothing about Bob Dylan. No, going to say well, stupid shit the whole time. I love that. It's fantastic. This is your first Bob Dylan record. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, you have, as we've established in the previous episodes, very limited takes of Bob Dylan. You know what I... You know, you know... Maybe some of the big albums just via me and maybe some other covers, I would say, is the most, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, like a Rolling Stone is a song. Like, right, yeah. you, you know, you know a couple things. But how was yeah, this? Yeah, I know that one for sure. Yeah, how was, in the end of, at the end of the day, what did this do for your week? You know, for your week, going to work, doing your stuff. 
did this did this propel you did this move you was it something that you thought you wanted to keep going to or do you think you'll ever go back to it uh, I would listen to it again. There's a couple songs that have a very like Guardians of the Galaxy feel to me, um, because the soundtrack to that song is mostly songs from the '70s, right? Yeah. And I think they're great pop rock cuts that like they have. And the funk, the funk in this album is so much fun. I love the funk. So I would, I think I would go back to it. Especially the opening track is a really let's get ready for the day kind of song. Like yeah, it's a very it's a, it's a great opening on a night yeah. like this. It's just like boop, I mean, it's kind of nice boop, too. It's just like. It's almost like it's almost something you would see in a play. It's like the boom, the, the curtains come up, and it's like we're on going. a night like this. Hello, you're coming off with me, and we're doing this thing, and it's we're you're here. like I'm here. All right, Bob, let's do this. It's fantastic. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's I think it's a fun record. I think you can always kind of come back to it and enjoy it and on different levels. And yeah, I also mean, the the songs are shorter. It is a um, short record. Yeah, it's not again, very long. I don't have a like, huge overview of the lexicon, but like the. The ones we've listened to have been around five minutes. Most of the songs on this album are around three minutes, with the yeah. exception of Dirge, which is the only one that's over five minutes. So, yeah, like, is I think that makes a difference too. I think before you have a chance to really like, Ugh, I'm still listening to this song. It's like, oh, now we're on to the, the next thing. Yeah, and even you, not that they're all a slog, but yeah, except for that one. <laughs> except well, it eventually one. ends. Right, exactly. <laughs> they all eventually end. Everything ends. <laughs> <laughs> Give it another go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this. Oh, I've been shins three times. That like dun dun dun. Oh yeah. But not that song even. That one's not that great. But you know what I mean? Like that dun 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 dun. Yeah. Oh, that would be better. So that's where I thought we were going at the beginning of Dirge. I was like, oh, shit, we're about to do some crazy tango shit. See, oh, just cool. kidding. Everything's sad. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is sad. Yeah. God damn it. All right. You ready yeah. for uh, for non-sadness? Yeah. All right. So, Kelly, so we did Planet Waves this we week. Yeah. It was it was really, really nice to listen to it, an entire album. It was easier in a way because i could just let it play let and it play. let it happen and yeah. it felt more organic than being like fuck i can only listen to this one five minute track let me listen to it again uh if you, if you haven't followed us on spotify you can get not only the weekly sign on the window where we just do uh sort of the song that we're listening to and then kind of our maybe our like periphery tips. songs yeah like things that we think about heats as... going up the country will yeah. definitely make it there on. you go so we'll do that <laughs> maybe some kermit the frog songs yeah. uh but also you can also check out our whole season one list of every we're going to update that all the way up to december so rainbow connection is what it's called rainbow, rainbow connection. connection boom <laughs> and then we also have our sign on the window dylan only so just so far we're up to five we're not going to put all of um all of planet waves onto our dylan soundtrack oh, i don't yeah. i don't think we're actually going to put it on there at all because i don't think that it that's happens. fair because we're going to end up doing the songs yeah so if you want to if you want to catch just the songs that we've covered so far or if you're in the future 
and you're listening and we're hopefully 100 episodes in, you can get a pretty uh, pretty dope Bob Dylan playlist on Spotify. What's the name of the one for like all of it? And all of it, well, so it's SOTW Dylan only right now. Which will be every song that we've done. Well, which will be every Dylan, yeah, every every song that we've done by Bob As Dylan. As an episode. Okay. Exactly. And then we have SOTW S, you know, S01, season one. Uh, if you're in season two, season three, they're going to be there as well. S zero two zero three, whatever. And then we just have the weekly SOTW. So that's going to be we're going to put basically if it's this week or last week, say Cold Iron's Bound. We're going to put the live version, put that version, Red Right Hand, put a bunch of yeah, Red Right Hand, all these um, uh, songs that we think of as we go. So feel free to follow us there. Uh, we are now going to finish the show, and yeah. this is the part of the show that we where we go ahead and we go to random.org and we pick a song but before we do that we like to give people a little hint of stuff that we were doing beyond planet waves what were you listening to watching looking at reading like what's what's going on with your week kelly um reading you're so funny <laughs> anyway uh frank ocean just came out with a new single channel, did. which channel, is yeah. great that's good although spelled chanel but people keep saying channel so that's fine okay uh, that's good I've also been watching How to Get Away with Murder, because I've never seen that, and I <laughs> wow. love it. I'm into it. What's oh up? My ABC, God. ABC is about to get repped on this Shonda channel. Rhymes. I mean, I watched a lot of Grey's Anatomy, but like, this is great. It really hooked me instantly. Uh, it had a very Scream feel, and you know how much yeah. I love Scream. You do love Scream. <laughs> um, I liked it a lot. It's good. So How to Get Away with Murder. Also, Frank Ocean is a thing, and if you haven't listened to his both of his albums and his new single, you should. It's great. For me, I am currently still moving into my place. I'm going to buy a rug tomorrow and a chair. Yeah, you are. Uh, we're, I'm sitting on an ottoman right now. You're sitting on my bed. We are recording. This is DIY podcasting. Uh, I listened to a lot of podcasts. I've been watching. I caught up halfway through on Girls, which is going on, final season. Fantastic. Um, I've been listening to Laura Marling's new record. Uh, Self Defense Family came out with a new EP. Um, Crusades came out with a new album. If you haven't heard of those bands, we're gonna we'll link them in into our uh, SOTW season one. Uh, we're gonna play a couple of these clips as we're talking. So feel free to check out those bands. Um, I'm pretty I'm on a kick with live with new music right now because it is 2017 is going to be an unprecedented. Oh, the Shins too, right? The Shins came out last week. Fant- I mean, it's good. It's good, although uh, one of my favorite, um, Stephen Hyden, who, who is a great rock critic, he, he tweeted out, he said, if no one <laughs> listens to the Shins records, does it, does it exist? Oh my God. <laughs> you know, it's a nice follow-up to uh, their last record, which was like 2012. It's been a it's long been time. A it's been a while, so I, I definitely like them. So definitely check out those uh, bands um, and check out uh, How to Get Away with Murder, Watch Girls, uh, Watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We hey also yo. do a podcast about that. Uh, plug, we'll, plug, plug. we'll link that down below. What's that podcast called? I think it's called If the Apocalypse Comes, Beat Me. I'll link it below. <laughs> I'll link it below. Don't worry. All right. So, Kelly, so we're done. Yeah. It's the end. We have to go to trivia. So, yeah. um, we won $10 last week. We won $10. Yeah. So I, we mused on if we were going to win, and we did. Hey, what's up? All right. So, uh, we are going to delete the entire album of planet waves well it's kind of crazy right so goodbye planet waves i'm i'm kind of stoked all right so that was uh 464 uh if you're keeping track of as of last week goodbye and i am currently as we talk you can hear me clicking 
I'm going to go ahead and delete the row. All right, so that brings us down to, oh, Kelly, this is my favorite part of all the episodes. All right, brings us to 659. All right, one through 659. One through 659. You ready? I'm scared. All right. Please be wiggle wiggle. Please be wiggle wiggle. All right, here we go. Generate number 296. And that is? You scroll, scroll, scroll. Yeah, I'm all scroll, the way at the bottom. Scroll. I'm nervous. Please be wiggle, wiggle. Outlaw Blues. Oh, is this from part of 1965? Oh no. This is actually a fucking awesome song. This is from Bringing nice. It All Back Home, which is probably the start to. Uh, it was Bringing It All Back Home, Highway 61 Revisited, Blonde on Blonde. Join us next week. Yeah. I'm stoked. Outlaw Blues. Outlaw Blues. Outlaw Blues. Outlaw Blues. If you have a question for us, I'm pretty sure you can email Outlaw us. Outlaw Blues. What, what's the, our email address? Outlaw Blues. That's on our email address. We are at, we are at SOTWpod at gmail.com, SOTWpod.com, at SOTW on Twitter, and I suppose SOTW something on Facebook. I don't know. Sign on the window. Are you going to do a Facebook? Did I don't do know. Facebook? I kind of like have it just linked up, no, but I'm kind of bored with it. That's I never go on Facebook. Yeah, me either, so. I literally haven't gone on it in a year now. Yeah, I know. You're always just empty. Yeah. Although we messaged when you were overseas. Yeah. But now you're not overseas. Not. Anyways. Thank you so next much week, for listening. Daniel's Outlaw mom. Blues. <laughs> Daniel's mom. Thank you. I haven't told her about the podcast yet. Well, what the hell? I know. She's like, she asked. We can have a, one viewer. Listener. We can have one. Oh, God damn it. Bye. <laughs> God is blue.